Welcome to Programmatics, a podcast about programmatic advertising. Each week, we dig into the magic and mysteries of the ad ops industry. I'm your host, Alicia Rosen. Joining us today is David Cole, President and CEO of Trustex, who's been working on bridging the gap between programmatics promise and reality by focusing on rebuilding the digital supply chain with trust and transparency at its core. Today we'll be discussing how ad quality impacts consumer trust and how industry players can rebuild that trust to get the most value out of programmatic. So David, thanks so much for hopping on and joining me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. We're, uh, yes, we are indeed trying to create a more sustainable future uh, for trusted advertising. And we're working with, with premium content publishers and some of the world's uh, best advertisers to try to raise the bar, to, to come back to quality and to put uh, uh, quality and trust and transparency back into the programmatic ecosystem. So the topics for today are are very core to what we believe in and uh, what we're trying to do across the industry. Yeah, and do you want to share a little bit about your background in the ecosystem? Um, yeah, I mean, most of it's uh, boring, but uh, I spent 25 years in management consulting, working with uh, entertainment and media companies, a lot of that with digital uh, content and, and, uh, and, and digital advertisers. And about uh, five years ago, uh, seeing this, devolving trust uh, within the digital supply chain, I decided to leave uh, the the consulting world and see if we could start a business, an entity that would almost be the activation platform, the experimental platform for folks in programmatic to try to see what happens if we rebuild programmatic with trust, transparency, and safety at its core. How does it affect the buyer and seller? And, and that's really what TrustX is and, and why we created the company uh, to start out with. Great, thanks, David. Uh, you know, you've been in the industry for years and you've actually seen the evolution of programmatic. So to kick us off, do you wanna start with a brief breakdown of what's really happened in programmatic over the last decade with respect to ad quality? Uh, yeah, uh, I, think, I think we can all agree that the last decade has shown a tremendous rise in programmatic advertising and that with that tremendous rise in programmatic advertising some of the the foundation the tenets of the i'll call it the social contract between the publisher the advertiser and the consumer have taken a back seat to scale and arguably cheap cpms um, if you if you rewind the tape to before the birth of programmatic, which, which many folks say was kind of like that 2009, 10-ish area, so a little more than a decade ago. If you rewind the tape, most of the buying and selling in digital was done through direct channels. It was a very small minority of indirect channels for buying and selling. And when that was happening, you had advertisers being more discerning about the content in which their ads uh, were seen and publishers being more discerning about the advertisers whose ads were placed on their sites. There was a a threshold or a a set of standards that you might call, I don't know, let's call it the bond of trust 
between quality content publishing, quality advertising, and, and ultimately consumer sentiment about the content and the advertising. That high bar for editorial oversight and curation, so editorial oversight of the content and curation of the advertising, that publishers maintained a high product standard, and there was this consistency of safety and trust that resulted in better performance for advertisers and uh, more confidence among the consumer. What happened in this last decade is the slow erosion of that trust uh, as this social contract, that bond of trust began to get broken. Uh, zoom forward to today, to 2000, let's call it, you know, 19 and 20, so a decade after the birth of programmatic, and um, advertisers have largely stopped uh, focusing their attention on the content side of where they place their ads, but instead focusing strictly on the users or the audience to whom those ads are placed. And publishers have um, kind of gotten hooked on this idea that, that opening up more and more demand partnerships and enabling demand from anyone who will buy will, will generate uh, greater revenue. And that may, may or may not be true, but what, it, what it's done is it's, it's removed this quality factor from digital in a way that I think has had um, negative consequences to both the buyers who are buying ads, the sellers who are selling ads, and the consumer who is engaging in the content and the advertising. Right. And, you know, without a doubt, now users are definitely noticing ads that are off base, you know, misleading, polarizing, or, you know, contain offensive content. And in this climate, I think you're guilty by association because users don't separate page content from ad creative. And bad ads, uh, like you spoke about, whether they're fake, low quality, or malicious, do cause misinformed users uh, reputational damage and reduced readership. So now maybe you can shed some light on exactly how ad quality impacts consumer trust in the actual content and ultimately in the brand. So we have more stats, I say we, uh, the industry has more stats associated with um, how consumers react to high and low quality content environments but I do agree with what you said that the, the distinction between the editorial and the advertising uh, has becoming less clear. Uh, one, because ad formats themselves have become more like content, uh, but also because the consumer sees the environment as singular. The environment is the packaging of the content and the advertising together. Um, I'll refer to a couple of things that I think are really interesting. In July 2019, so, so about a year ago, uh, IAS released a study called The Halo Effect. And um, the, the headline was that consumers respond far more favorably to advertising in high quality content environments as compared to, to low quality. And how do they define high quality and low quality? High quality generally uh, in the study was was content environments that are professionally uh, created with editorial standards, where the environments uh, are more curated for advertising, and the low quality environments were 
everything from uh, user-generated or social sites uh, to um, uh, redistribution of others' uh, uh, content. So here are, the, here are the stats. According to IAS, consumers perceive the advertising to be 74% more favorable than the same exact ads in low-quality environments. That, that's a pretty important step. The same exact ad in a high-quality content environment is perceived 74% more favorable than the same exact ad in a low-quality environment. And then here's, here's another stat. Brands themselves experienced 20% greater levels of engagement, 7% greater level of emotional intensity from consumers, and, and consumers reported 30% more memory encoding for the same ads in trusted content environments. So we talked about in the, in the first part of our discussion, this notion of the bond of trust and its effect on the consumer and the IAS studies really, really uh, reassert re the importance of that bond of trust. 74% more favorability to the same ad in a high quality environment and a low quality environment. And, and, and again, if, if your statement is correct, and I do believe it is that the, the consumer um, the consumer sees the content with the advertising as a single package, um, then, then this, this notion of the sentiment probably also refers to the sentiment that the consumer will feel towards the content when there are quality advertising versus low quality advertising. And I thought that was a really important step. I want to bring up one other statistic that's a little concerning um, because we are just about, at least here in the United States, about to move into an election cycle and political advertising will become more and more prevalent as we move into the summer and the fall through to November. In October 2018, the Knight Foundation, uh, in conjunction with Northeastern University, published a study about how college students uh, receive um, news, how they, how they engage with news content. Uh, so first off, we're talking about college students. So these are generally uh, individuals that are more educated. The assumption is they're in college. Um, and uh, while there's no uh, statement in the paper about the results for uh, non-college students, uh, we can only guess as, as to what we're seeing with college students versus, versus non-college students. Let me share the stats. 90% of college students surveyed, over 6,000 students surveyed, said that they obtained their news from social media platforms. And social media might be Facebook, it might be Twitter. 90% of college students obtained their news from social media platforms. The problem is almost half of these college students could not tell the difference between real news and fake news. Real news being published by a bona fide news organization, truthful, trusted news versus fake news, which could be anything from manipulated content to deliberately uh, fake reporting for the purpose of uh, swaying consumer sentiment uh, for, for whatever reason. 
90% of college students obtain their news from social media. Half can't tell the difference between real and fake news. But here's the killer. A third, actually 36%, so a third said that because of the threat of fake news, they have become distrustful of the credibility of all news. That is a, a, a cr incredibly disheartening statistic. And as we move into this election season and the uh, ability for fake content, mis deliberately misleading content, whether it's the editorial content or advertising, um, the prevalence of that type of content, uh, particularly in the digital and programmatic environments, uh, sets us up for a uh, potentially a complete and total uh, erosion of that trust. And again, back to the statement I made earlier, uh, the, that when that bond of trust breaks, uh, both sides of the buy-sell equation uh, end up uh, in a bad place with the consumer. Yeah, the most unfortunate impact of the erosion of truth and trust here is definitely the rise of fake news and fake ads. And like you said, David, those statistics are extremely concerning with the upcoming U.S. election lurking in the shadows. But I think they really drove home the point that for publishers, it's vital to present a unified front across your entire site and really ensure that the ad content on your site is consistent with your message, your ad policies, and the overall experience you've actually intended for your audience. So to close us out here, you know, since we can't just hit the big red reset button, how do we create a sustainable future for programmatic? And you know, what can advertisers and publishers do to reverse this trend to finally get the full value out of programmatic? Yeah, look, you're right. We can't simply say reset. Uh, I, I mean, actually, we could, but it would take it would take a large number of, of buyers and sellers to agree that it's it's important to do so. And uh, even recent history suggests that uh, both sides of the equation um, are challenged to make those kinds of broad sweeping uh, statements and then act with their wallets. Uh, I, I draw us to a very, very current events. Uh, uh, in, in, in the last few days, uh, several advertisers have uh, uh, temporarily, or at least at the moment temporarily, boycotted uh, advertising on the Facebook platform because they are trying to make a statement to, to this particular social platform that they have to get more serious about truth and trust, particularly when it comes to some of the political uh, climate we're in right now. Um, so it's, those, those kinds of things work well, but, but the real uh, change doesn't come with a boycott or, you know, fist pounding. The real change comes when, when we kind of take a pause for a second and, and remember how both content and advertising worked together uh, a decade ago and created a, uh, a bond with the consumer that resulted in real performance. Uh, Bob Leadis, uh, at a at a Masters of Media conference, I think it was two years ago, uh, quoted that 50% of Fortune 500 advertisers were experiencing flat to negative growth, despite a 15% increase in advertising spend. And while he never talked about the specific reasons, if you really dig into what's happening, it's probably 
related to what we said earlier that a lot of the trust factor in content has devolved, which has resulted in less favorable reaction and a lower sentiment level with consumers in both the content and the advertising. So we got to rewind the tape and remember that content and advertising used to work together to create better engagement with the consumer and to create better results for the advertiser. And if both sides of the buy-sell equation were to take sort of a, you know, step-by-step to to reduce the low-quality stuff, to come back to that bond of trust, I think we'd start to see um, all boats rise. For the advertiser choosing to advertise in higher quality environments, in professional news, sports, and entertainment content environments will result in better performance for the advertiser. And for the publisher who has perhaps been a little loose with all the advertisers that may buy their sites, if they were to be a little more discerning and perhaps offer fewer advertising opportunities, but to higher quality advertisers, the brands who now see better performance might be willing to pay a little bit more for an environment where they know the consumer will perhaps notice their ad and be in a higher state of trust for both the ads and the content. And that doesn't happen overnight. That isn't a reset button. A deliberate step-by-step peeling the onion layer-by-layer for both sides of the equation. Move the needle. I always use this phrase, 10 yards at a time. And to our, to our American friends on this podcast, that's the football for, you know, you know, the, you know, the touchdown, right? You know where the end zone is for the touchdown, but we're not going to get to the touchdown on the first down. We just have to get 10 yards to get the next first down. And that's what we have to do here. So I think, I think it's attainable. I actually think that some of what's happened in the last several weeks and months with respect to uh, quality might be a little bit of a kick in the ass. Um, and I'm hopeful and optimistic that the, the days in which programmatic completely devalued and divorced itself from quality are over and that we are now seeing both buyers and sellers start to reconsider what quality means and reconsider how to rebuild that bond of trust with the consumer. Right. I think a sustainable future really requires, like you said, active participation from all players uh, to preserve, you know, a quality experience and protect the actual integrity of the advertising ecosystem. So thanks so much, David, for joining me and really sharing your thoughts and vision for the future of programmatic. It's a pleasure. We're happy to be working with GeoEdge and it's uh, wonderful to have this opportunity with you. Thanks for the time. Thanks for joining us today on Programmatics. I hope you loved today's show. Be sure to check out www.geoedge.com to see how we can empower your ad ops team. Bye for now.